Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ability. Come on, be my baby tonight. Come on, be my baby tonight. Again with that. Come on, be my baby tonight. Come on, be my baby tonight. I've seen the way you treated others you've been with. Come on, be my baby tonight. of everyone but mine with me Kara Berry join with me today is the host of by pumpkin princess Jones Curtis princess hello hi Kara and I saw that you were struggling with that last name you were like girl what what other names <laughs> I was looking right at it just to be sure <laughs> something about your your name I know what it is but my brain refuses to accept that it's in that order but I know it. It, it. You're not the only one. And also like my husband and all my like boy children, people will just be like, so Curtis. And they'll be like, that is not my name. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, so let's talk about what you're doing because 
you typically buy pumpkin is a look back at like the shows of yesteryear the like more niche uh reality shows yeah um but this season you've decided to dive into vanderpump rules which i'm very excited about and i'm going to tell you guys um what princess is about to do is talk about like how i and liz uh, bullied her into it and how she doesn't want to do this but she does okay thanks for that intro because quotes around decided some podcaster friends of mine talked about it and then my audience was like yeah I heard that you were doing this I was like no I'm not and they're like mm, so when you do it can we talk about it I was like oh wait a second yeah and so yeah I was bullied into it as usual mm-hmm yeah, whatever, whatever you want to use. She's always a victim. Always a victim, princess. So <laughs> I'm really excited that you're doing Vanderpump Rules. It's like such a good season to look back on. And, you know, we're not going to get that impact. So y'all check it out. It's it's a fun, so far, fun look back. Yeah, it, it, it is. a. I, I am enjoying the look back at it. It is a, a really good season of TV. And those like... Those perfect seasons of reality TV don't come along often. Um, and you just have to... What I believe is that it all is built upon the cast that you have and the chemistry between them. Um, there's nothing like Sheree, Cam, and Nini together. There's nothing like that. Yeah. And, and like, the rest of that... Sh- the rest of those moving parts can be good or bad, but, like, if you got that base everything you build on top of it is going to be like a banger. And I think that with Vanderpump Rules and season two, the cast is really important, even though I don't like any one of them. One's a white supremacist. One is just a fucking idiot. <laughs> and you guess what I'm talking about. And like, like there's a lot going on, but the chemistry between them is what makes the show. Agreed. Agreed. And we're going to talk later about a show that is uh, having a, perfect banger of a season later but before we get into it let's talk about some um moments in celebrity pop culture that have been going on recently first out with nini who um (laughs) tmz is reporting is getting sued by a woman named i'm not going to pronounce this right uh malo mine m-a-l-o-m-i N-E. Um, she dropped a lawsuit claiming that Nini's current boyfriend, who is named uh, Neon Sella, Neoni Sella, is uh, basically started getting with Nini before, while, while he was still married to her. So she's claiming that she's suffering emotional distress, mental anguish, and a loss of affection. A lot of people were wondering how it's possible that you could sue for this, and it's because uh, they were living in North Carolina, and North Carolina is one of the seven states where a person can sue for, they can sue uh, the other woman, basically, for alienation of affection. So she is suing for 100 thousand dollars of course nini you know is very petty she posted an instagram story with uh herself and her boyfriend uh with the song hours and hours by money long playing it um it's very uh, telling i would check suggest you guys check it out um saying like i didn't do it this is lies 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 and that uh you know i don't inherit other people's problems so that's how you know that he was single 
you know, what do you think about Nini being called out for something that she called one Kim Zodiac beer can out for years ago? <laughs> that like, she's not keeping her legs close to married men? Yeah, not keeping her legs close to married men. <sighs> okay, so, so like, when this started coming out, a lot of people were really surprised by it, but I was not. I knew this law was on the books. It's also in Georgia uh, as well, because Fantasia got sued for this. Uh, when she picked up that dude at the T-Mobile store of some sort and turned out his ass was married. And so, like, uh, like this is not, like, my my first experience with uh, a black celebrity being sued for fucking somebody's man. But, <laughs> but I'll say this. I looked at a picture of this dude, and he is definitely cat daddying up, okay? Yeah, I mean, he, I think they met through Peter, and he looks like mm. Peter. Like, he looks like there's a certain um, corner of the internet in which, like, good-looking and well-groomed black men from the South have become, like, their own sort of street gang or something. And they walk around (laughs) in Chelsea boots, going to brunch, and, like, slow-mo videos with each other, like, all lined up in different tailored suits. And that's what he looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He definitely has oiled that bald head. He yeah. definitely is wearing uh, very tight shirts, mm-hmm. you know, like he he's doing his thing. Um, I like, so to, I just have to say this. I don't believe in alienation of affection. Like, I don't believe that's a possibility. I believe that like, if you are in a strong relationship, another person can't show up and take this person away from you. Agreed. The the, the relationship is flawed. That said, uh, I love the pettiness of it. I love the ability to sue mm-hmm. somebody as fucking your man. I love that. Um, yeah. I love forcing someone into court to get them to admit they've been sucking your man's dick. I love stuff like that. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, it's expensive to be that petty, but like, I like, I like that. Um, I would like this woman to know that Nene Leakes does not have any money whatsoever Mm -hmm. she is broke 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 even broker than when she was getting her range rover repossessed in the home depot parking lot (laughs) okay baby all right so like you will not get any money from this you're just you're just like wasting money to fuck with her and i understand why um (laughs) nini's been getting a lot of bad advice lately that's i'll she's been getting a lot of bad advice for years yeah it's really sad. Nini is the queen of reality TV as we know it right now. I will say that to the day I fucking die. Um, she's the first Bravo levity, Bravo levity. I don't know the celebrity Bravo person that uh-huh. was a household motherfucking name. Nini was the first one. Yeah, like yeah, they that's... didn't know Vicky Golvison's name. Okay, they knew yeah. Nini's name. They knew the bloop that like she's uh, she is. I always say that reality TV, um, you can draw a straight line from uh, Tiffany New York Pollard to Nene Leakes and what their personality and wittiness and things brought to the table. And it's hard seeing Nene down bad like this because she really could have had spinoff. She really could have uh, been the dowager queen of fucking Bravo yeah. And been doing pop-ups. She she would have been perfect for these uh girls' trips things, you know. You know what uh, she reminds me of? What? Just 
of like how they're poorly navigating their career is Monique, <laughs> the comedian. Um, you know, Monique just, told us to give up Netflix <laughs> for her. Like, why did she make me side with DL? I mean, here's the thing: it's like it's kind of right. It's like, there's a common thread here, and it's you. So, I mean, okay, but he also said that Precious was autobiographical and autobiography and fucking Monique is a rape and incest survivor uh, and like he did a lot of stuff. DL's done a lot of stuff. Didn't DL like say it was God's plan that that, that break baby he had or that side baby he had died? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to get into that. It's it's one of the most horrific things I've ever heard. I don't like DL but he made one point. Okay, broken clock. Broken okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. But yeah, I, I understand. And it's not that like I don't feel like these people being wronged. It's not like I don't think that Nini that Andy is racist. I think he's like, yeah, he's regular racist. Like yeah. like I not that I think that he does he he isn't on Coke all the time. He definitely tokenized he like this past New Jersey when he was doing that reunion, I was like, Oh, you acting like you do at the black reunions all of a sudden. <laughs> You yelling at people and shit. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I believe all those things are true. I just, like, you're getting bad advice, Nini, and I don't see how any of this does you any good. Um, I just feel like, and normally when somebody dies, like, like when Greg died, she would have gotten a lot of goodwill. Like, people let a lot of shit go. And she and- did. And then... There were talks about like, oh yeah, we'd be happy to have her back. Like, you know, we're entertaining it. She was kind of dropping hints that she was interested. And then all of a sudden, what is she she sued them? So you know, it's like, why? So okay. I just feel like this is just like another thing and the list of things that Nini is doing that is ridiculous. Like, I don't know, opening a club and naming it Lanithia. Like shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Where I hear that if you want a chair, they put the chairs in the back, and if you want to sit, you got to pay extra money. Like, oh my God. Come on. Like, yeah. This is, yeah, so I just think this is like, you know, I it's so weird that Nini was so important. Like, I feel like Bravo's is the, Bravo is the house that Nini built. I believe that. Yeah. Um, and Atlanta came after New York and Orange County, but I don't know, like, Ramona is, Ramona is certainly, you know, instrumental to uh new york being like a juggernaut but like not the way nini like built this fucking network and on her on her bloops and gifts and and put on your shoes so we can find you a home honey like that little shit like that like yeah ramona is we have to separate our legends from our icons like Mm. it's a legend because she's put in the work but she's not iconic that's true that's true we're still walking around here saying, woo, child, the ghetto. And we're still doing that. And it's because Nini said it one time. Yeah. She's also incredibly terrible to work with. Like, you know that, right? Like, Oh, definitely. Like, I will say this about Candy. I bet Candy shows up on time. I mean, she could be late. But you know what I'm saying? But she's like, where she's supposed to be. She opens the door. She's like, okay, guys, what are we doing now? Oh, you want me to talk about this? Okay, let's talk. And I feel like Nini is just like high maintenance and... Like, don't use my bathroom. And yeah, I was um, thinking that when I was watching Teen Mom the other day. Oh, and yeah. Fair. Was not wanting to film. And so that crew was set outside, and that really pissed me off because yeah. that's so 
rude. And it does seem like something Nini would do, like to just leave people out and not answer your phone. And then they're all just standing there yeah. wanting to work. And you're-, you're mad at Carlos King. So I don't know, the camera guys out here in this hot ass fucking sun. And you're like, yeah. man, just, <laughs> just like be professional. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of like weird situations, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this. So we're going to talk about what the hell is or is not going on with Beverly Hills right now with mm. and Kathy Hilton. So this is like a story months in the making. So back in February, it had come out that the ladies of Beverly Hills were on a cast trip to Aspen. And during that trip, Kathy Hilton had some sort of freak out and this was off camera. Allegedly she um, used racial racist and homophobic slurs towards someone, somebody's like glam stylist. I don't know. Somebody there. Um, Erica and Rinna are the only people who are claiming that they heard this stuff. Sutton is saying that she didn't hear it. Um, Oh, it was Sutton's assistant, apparently, that uh, Kathy used these slurs about. So that's been going around for months with really, like, it's just kind of been, like, kind of a low-brewing thing, right? So things really went up, like, seven notches over the past couple weeks with Lisa Rinna accusing... She's really been going hard in this campaign against Kathy. And then all of a sudden there's this guy, a guy named Patrick Summers, who was saying that he was part of a cast of a show that was supposed to be in direct competition to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it was going to be like a House Husbands of Beverly Hills or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And that... Rinna got wind of this and was like coming for this guy. She uh, released his phone number on social media. He released her phone number on social media. It all came to a head. And then yada, yada, yada. This Patrick guy comes out and says, uh, I was paid by Kathy to do this smear campaign against Lisa. And I'm a private. I'll just read what he said. Okay. I, hi, I'm Patrick Summers, a private marketing manager for some of the biggest celebrities in the world. My latest assignment was executed against Lisa Rinna, as I never reveal a client's personal information as per my NDA agreement. My latest marketing campaign was to, T-O-O, draw attention away from my client. That's exactly what I did. All narratives associated with my latest campaign are false. I was compensated 27527 dollars and 72 cents for my work all media outlets and tabloids are planted by me there is no lawsuit no new reality show and frankly i've never met lisa renna i hope you can understand as this is my line of work and simply nothing personal patrick summers um so there were also text messages that lisa put up on her instagram and have since deleted from these alleged conversation between patrick and somebody else saying um this person was trying to figure out who he was hired by. And at some point during the conversation, they're like, oh, does their last name rhyme with Milton? And he says, yes. Con- basically saying that it was Kathy Hilton who paid him. Um, so you are like... You this are, doesn't make any sense, Kara. It does not make any sense. First of all, like... 
if you are actually a private marketing manager of some of the world's biggest celebrities in the world, you would not be putting that on Instagram. Never. Never. And now you're referencing NDA agreement. Listen, I've I've signed my share of NDA agreements. Um, I'm not allowed to say it rhymes with. I'm not allowed to do that either. Like, that's part of it. And I also feel like if you're like, I can't reveal the client who hired me to do it, you're probably not going to reveal what they hired you to do. Exactly. And it also, NDA agreements usually don't go away if the person guesses it and then you just go, okay, that was what happened. That's not how that works either. Like you can't just, they're not dissolved by, by like you can't talk about this ever unless someone guesses about it, then you can go ahead and talk about it. That's not what it works. That's not how it goes. And so this seems fake. Um, This is a very strange number, $27,527.72. Yeah. (laughs) That seems like a number you made up. (laughs) 27272. How weird. Yeah. It seems like you just type some things on a a keyboard, you know? Like, this is all stupid. And And I want to say for what it's worth, he also did an Instagram story that was like, um, everybody needs to get a life. Like, no, no, we're not doing this. You're not going to get all into this like media storm. And then once you get caught, everybody else needs to get a life about this and like, uh, you know, go breathe there. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. No, no, no. You don't get to say all kinds of wild shit. And then when we go, what? You go, oh my God, you're you're so thirsty. Like that's not <laughs> Yeah. Um, this is weird. It, and I think it's gonna come down to like I I can't decide whether this is Lisa Renna like dick in the soup, like paying people to do shit like this, or if Lisa Renna got scammed by somebody that was like, Hey, Kathy paid me to do you know what I'm saying? Like she's being scammed as well, because she's stupid. Like I'm not sure which one it is, but it ain't. I don't think it's true. And I hope no one's like, oh, Princess thinks that Kathy Hilton wouldn't use the F slur or uh, like a a racial slur. No, 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 no. I think she definitely, who who do you think taught Paris to say it? Like, I'm sure. Hello. (laughs) And Um, Paris loves saying it. So I'm sure that like like she does. I'm not not saying she didn't say it on the trip or whatever happened, but like this particular part with Patrick Summers, who did not capitalize his last name. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I just feel like um, this is like just some internet bullshit. Yeah, I really can't make sense of like how this started or whatnot. But here's the other thing about perception. Like, yeah, obviously it would be stupid for me to be like oh yeah kathy holden's not racist or homophobic clearly i mean that would be the least surprising thing in the world okay yeah (laughs) but there's a thing about perception and the perception is that lisa's here ranting and raving and kathy hilton's not said a damn thing okay and yeah by my opinion it makes kathy it makes lisa look pretty weird also like lisa loves dick in the soup I don't know where I got that from. I think a podcast that talks about when people are like fucking up shit. It's when someone's like someone putting their dick in your soup. And but Lisa Brenna loves that shit. And she's come after this is the second Hilton sister that she's like come for in a hardcore way. And so like that's interesting to me. Yeah. Like 
She loves doing shit like this. And I also think that she realizes that the truth is, I think we got what we got out of Lisa Renna at this point, right? Her yeah. da- daughters moved to New York every season. Um, <laughs> they've Very already, yeah, they've already had sex with Scott Disick. Like, like we've got what we got out of you. And I think this is like one of those things. Like, um, she's in the death throes of like, oh shit, I'm probably not gonna be on next season, or like I'm winding down. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to have this. This is this, and it's it's exactly. Like Lisa Ren has been on this show for so she's been on the show for quite a long time. Yeah. And somehow she does not realize this is the exact type of shit that gets you get off, off the show when it gets to be too ridiculous like this. Yeah. And and I I hope she's seeing the backlash. <laughs> like, first of all, a lot of people are saying, okay, y'all need to quit having this off-camera drama and like roping us into it. Yeah. Which is like whatever. I mean, I can't Aww. force people to like not live their lives you know you know what I mean like <laughs> it's ridiculous I know but like also like how are we supposed to decide what fucking happened we didn't see shit and like right. it's so hard it's like it it makes the show hard to watch because I'm like well I don't I don't know what fucking happened this happened like off camera right right and I'm also curious like how does this affect her relationship with Kyle Kyle is like the worst sister on earth, and I'll keep saying that for the rest of my fucking life. Even though, like, I have a lot of empathy for being like um, a loved one of someone with an addiction. Like, like it's really tough to be in that situation. But yeah. the idea that like Lisa Renner would continually come for your siblings and you still cool with her, like, no. You know what that means. <laughs> No, and you have sisters. You know that. You know if somebody well, we know if somebody comes for Kelly, it's done. It's over. <laughs> and, so, and I still hope you're not listening to this podcast, you bitch. No, yeah, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast, you broke bitch. So like I was so fucking mad that day. I was like, I, let's not even get into it because like some people were like upset with me for coming for her. And I'm like, God, if y'all even knew what Princess thought about this, you really <laughs> <laughs> they know what like if they even like have listened to my podcast a little bit like I don't play about my mama my man my money my family I like as much as I be talking shit about candy I'm right there with her do not talk about my people or we're gonna have a motherfucking problem so <laughs> but anyway because I don't want y'all coming for me again about that um, but yeah I just think that the situation is very weird and I I'm not obviously not siding with Kathy, but it just perception. It just looks like Lisa's doing a bunch of weird shit behind the scenes and like trying not to get caught. And she's known for it. She's fucking known for it. So like, come on, man. And I just think that we're hitting her swan song. I don't know that we're going to have too much more of Lisa Renna because we got what we gotten from her. And she's getting to the point where she's really trying to like this shit that doesn't make any sense and seems incredibly inauthentic and like just messy, messy. Like, we like a little messy, but this is, like, too messy. Like, you can't even clean this up with, like, a bounty paper tile, baby. So we don't know what to do. Mm-mm. Society has really evolved past the need for Renna and Erica. You know I don't like Erica. I've never liked Erica. I just feel like, <laughs> I feel like she is, I think she's a version of Vanderpump. And that you are incredibly like controlling about what we're going to get on this show. And yet you hide behind quips and gay accessories and 
we're all supposed to all be like, she's giving us the real, you're not giving us shit. Yeah. She's also a victim of some bad advice. Who told her to do that last year? Um, with the, with the, I'm a victim. You're not a victim. You were a sugar baby, babe. And it didn't work out. You're not a victim. Like, get out of here. She said yeah. that she didn't, we, don't, we still don't know if the victims are lying about whether or not they've received compensation. Like, what? I and you said this right after saying that you have to be extremely careful with your words because of these lawsuits. And then you're like, well, we still don't know if they've been paid or not. Okay, well, which one is it, girl? Yeah. Like, if I were her, I would have gotten on this show and I would never finish a sentence. I'd just start crying. So you could never get, you could never be like, well, Princess said, because I'd be like, so the way I feel is, like, I would just, like, it would just be nonsense all the time. I'd be crying all the time. I would never show up in glam. I'd show up with, like, a half side ponytail and sweatpants. Like, I would, like, play this shit down. People would be like, Princess is down bad. Look at her. She's in her old navy. Like they would be. I would just. I would be the perfect fucking victim all the time. I would. I would get tear streaks tattooed on my face, so I would always have them. Like Erica, but I think she's just too prideful to do that, you know. And yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're right. I think society is of all past a need for a Rena or. And Erica, but you know, some people adore those people and they're probably gonna come for me now. So Lord, well, at okay then princess. So ah! okay. <laughs> um, moving up to our next thing, another like fight. The girls are really fighting this week, and we gotta talk about SJP versus Kim Cabral, <laughs> part seven thousand eighty and eleven. So uh Sarah did a interview with the Hollywood Reporter talking about this rift. Can you call it a rift if you guys weren't friends? I don't no. know. No, <laughs> you were never friends. Never friends. You is so, there a rift between me and the person that worked the drive-thru at the Hardee's when I was in the back and I didn't like that bitch that much and she didn't really know who the fuck I was? No. We just shouldn't see it for each other. Come down. Yeah. You were co-workers, that's it. So she says, it's pretty simple, you know, I'll be as clear as I can. It's very hard to talk about the situation with Kim because I've been so careful about never wanting to say, about not ever wanting to say anything that is unpleasant because it's not the way I like to conduct conversations that are as complicated as this, you know? So I'll kind of run through, I think the best way to do it, honestly, is to kind of run through how it happened. So she says, the studio when we were going to do the third movie, there were things that Kim requested that they were not able to do. They didn't feel comfortable meeting her where she wanted to meet. So we didn't do the movie because we didn't want to do it without Kim and the studio wasn't going to do it. So it fell apart. It wasn't that she said no to the movie. It's a, the studio said no to the movie, which, you know, happens. And every actor has a right to ask for things to have, you know, a contract that feels good to them. I would have never disputed that. Cause frankly, that's not my business. Were we disappointed? Sure. But it happens. And then there were just a lot of public conversations about how she felt about the show. And once again, it's not for me to say you're wrong, but, you know, it was for you a great thing. I don't know. But that hasn't been our experience. And I've spent a lot of years working really hard to always be decent to everybody on set, to take care of people, to be responsible to and for people, both my employers and the people that I feel I'm responsible for as a producer of the show. And there just isn't anyone else who's ever talked about me this way. So it's very painful. 
And then she goes on to say that Kim was a huge contributor to the success and, you know, her role was great. And she says, we didn't ask her to be part of it just like that because she made it clear that that wasn't something she wanted to pursue and it no longer felt comfortable for us. So it didn't occur to us. That's not slamming her. It's just learning. You've got to listen to somebody. And if they're publicly talking about something and it doesn't suggest that some place that they want to be or a person they want to play or an environment in which they want to be, you get to an age where you're like, well, we hear you. Um, blah, blah, blah. That was basically the crux of it. Um, I, I, okay. Uh, you know, the situation that's going on with Matthew Morrison. No. Okay. So he's, he was the guy from Glee, Mr. Shoot. Yeah. And he was one of the panel hosts for, so you think you can dance, but one of the, uh, uh, contestants said that, she got a flirty text message from him oh. and it made him comfortable. So he got kicked off. So he, uh, you know, responded in a video and was like, I <clears throat> didn't, I sent one text message. Here's what it was. We have a shared love of this choreographer that I've known. I was trying to help this girl, like get a job with this choreographer, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this is just like part of a greater uh, conversation about like, um, you know, just like how people will take one thing and run with it, blah, blah, blah. And I saw this because I was scrolling through TikTok with a lady who I really want to have on my podcast, but she does like PR stuff and she was breaking down his statement and the misleading parts of it. And she said that one of the biggest tells is that people will make it, they won't take responsibility for what they did. Like, so he did not ever say in his statement, I did not flirt with her. What he did was make it about like this larger thing to divert from his actions. And that's kind of what I'm hearing is happening here. Like she's making it all about like, you know, uh, she, Kim did this and she said this and you know blah 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 and it's not really like she's not answering what Kim has accused her of yes and that you're right you're right you're right so like if someone goes you know princess did you steal my Chipotle if I did not steal their Chipotle the answer would be like no like that's right. it no I did not and if someone goes I heard you stole I'd be like no I didn't I would not say well on a larger whole we got it out of our joint bank account. So isn't it like both of ours? And, you know, we should be talking, you know, sharing. Let's just find sharing. Like, it's it's kind of deflecting from it. And, mm-hmm. like, the thing about SJP is that she gives real teacher's pet vibes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Leah Michelle vibes, you know? Like, like, like that. Yeah. The people in charge always adore her, but the people that actually have to do the stuff with her don't because she's, she's like concerned. She's her, her biggest focus is pleasing those people and she like working with her is not her biggest concern. So like, if I can totally imagine what it's like to be on set with her and the the guy in charge, I forget his name, and they're just giggling over there as you know she's an executive producer, and this and and then she the way she treats you is very different. I can see that happening. Yeah, and I think it's like this is what really caught to me is that she was saying, uh, 
you know, I, I, I spent a lot of years working really hard to always be decent to everybody, to take care of people and be responsible for them. And there just isn't anybody else who's ever talked about me this way. Okay. Like that doesn't mean anything that I mean, right. you, that's, you, that's abuser talk, you know, like no one else said that to about me. Yeah. And, just because nobody else has said this to you doesn't mean that's not how anybody else has felt. And it yeah. also, really negates Kim into making her the problem. Like everybody right. else likes me, but you. So that's really painful to me. And it's like, well, she's the hurt one. So why don't you focus on that? And, you know, I just believe everything Kim said about Sarah Jessica, because one, yeah. she makes people call her Sarah Jessica. So I already know that she's a difficult person. And so like, I believe everything fucking Kim said about her. And I wish that I think the issue they're having is that Kim's very vocal these days. Like she's willing to talk about whatever. She's willing to just like, you know, put the shit on the table. And I wish that Sarah Jessica would do what she's been doing and not talk about it because everything she says sounds either like an excuse or a lie or a different, like, like, uh, alternate facts that that's what it all sounds like to me. And the fact is I like, I totally believe you didn't like him. I totally believe that like you did things like you had everyone stay at one house and didn't invite her. And you know, Kim doesn't want to do it and that's it. That's all it is to it. And, and there's, and there's actually nothing else necessary. You're not friends. You don't even know each other like that. You haven't even been in the same room for, is it decades at this point? Isn't it like a decade? Probably. And like, like you don't know each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. She, what she sounds like, what Sarah Jessica sounds like, is the girl that bullied you in high school that wants to be on your podcast now. <laughs> and then she's like, "Yeah, we were terrible to each other." Like, no, you called me all those racist racial slurs, not, yeah. and I didn't do anything to you. And she's like, "Oh, we remember it differently, do we?" Like, and so that's what I that's what I'm getting from her. I just the fact is that just like and just like that did fine without without uh kim yeah. and uh i hated every moment of it i did nothing but talk about it i text you at 6 a.m the day it would come out screaming yep. about how much i hated it and i'll be watching every other minute of it because i really enjoyed that experience so <laughs> like uh we don't need to talk about kim anymore about in regards to this and if kim wants to like talk about her experiences let her and everything you say sounds like a lie sarah jessica so just be quiet just be quiet and you know what like sh i would never say anything about her again once she did that thing where where um kim's brother passed and she <laughs> yeah Sarah did that sweeping uh instagram post and kim was like bitch you don't even know my brother and yeah. you have a me like don't do this shit i would be so embarrassed yeah and i would never <laughs> and speak about her again never because she never. don't want your name in her mouth she said stop the fact yeah. that she made a po instagram post about a man she never met who is the because he is the brother of a woman she hasn't seen in a decade who don't like her sarah jessica read the fucking room babe right the, right like, you overstepped your boundaries and the uh if I were Kim, I would have been upset too because I would have been like, you're doing this for the gram and don't do that. Like, just keep on right. living like I don't exist like you always do. And it seems like Kim has decent relationships with uh, the other two and they have decent relationships with Sarah Jessica. So yeah. that would imply to me that 
there is a middle ground here. And mm -hmm. like y'all just leave each other alone. Leave her alone. She said, leave me alone. Leave her alone. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, this is not a good look. And like I'm constantly wondering, you know, when people do reunions or like tell-alls after a season or something like this, when they have time <laughs> to come up with an answer and then this is it, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well. And also she I, didn't have to talk about this. Like she's a big enough star. She could have been like, I don't want to answer that question. Oh, a thousand percent. She could have absolutely been like, we're not talking about Kim or you're not going to get this article. Like, and I think they would have been perfectly fine, you know? Yeah, they would have expected it, actually. I bet they were very surprised that she wanted to answer that question. Yeah, yeah, so. You know, Andy said something about Nini. He said, uh, she had said something, like she wanted to meet up with him or something, and he was on one his show, and he said, you know, she told me to keep her name out of her mouth, and I think that's what I'll do. And then I don't think he's said anything publicly since then, and I think that, like, that is exactly what you should do, sir. Just, like, keep your keep her name out of your mouth. And if she wanted to talk to you, she would. Exactly. Exactly. So now that we talk about know. Kim, somebody has to do some like scatting, like some <laughs> some chat scatting. Go ahead, Kara. Go ahead. <laughs> Y'all yeah, the Kipiebo. <laughs> I will do the whole thing. Don't don't girl, don't test me. Um, okay, so this is like when we have one more story. This is so wild, you guys. God. I I, I'm like having a hard time wrapping my mind around this. So this is about a chimp. Okay. It's about a chimp named Tonka. Okay. Um, Tonka has been in the Hollywood scene. He's been a working actor for quite some time. He has worked closely with Alan Cumming. They did uh, Georgia, the jungle and buddy. And um, so apparently uh what we were told is that the chimp had recently suffered a stroke and had died from heart failure. This is according to uh, Tanya Haddock's, uh, Tonka's owner, okay? Um, she did a whole court document about how the body's animal was, the animal's body was disposed of. But a few days ago, Tonka was found alive and um, he was in um, Missouri where he had access to a 60-inch TV, um, an iPad touch device, um, and allegedly celebrated St. Patrick's Day with Tanya and all her friends. So uh, everybody was like, ma'am, why did you fake a death of a chimp? Okay, but let's we have to go back to the beginning. Okay, Tonka has a sordid past. Okay, it's not exactly his fault, but Tonka was part of a um was previously owned by the woman who owned the chimp who ran off on that lady and took her whole face back in the You're 90s about travis yeah <laughs> <laughs> not travis <laughs> i think his name is travis and he ripped her whole face her ears her eyelids yep Yep. So and I seen the picture only because I was telling a friend about the story. There's a great long form story. I think it's called Travis the Menace. Um, and <laughs> I know they need to stop. <laughs> but but uh, my I was telling a friend about it, and she wanted to look up because they used to dress Travis up when like 
clothes and he used to smoke a cigarette and take Xanax and drive the car and shit. And <laughs> she wanted to see a picture of an outfit and the picture of the woman after the attack came up. Mm. And girl, I had to go home and go in my room for the rest of the day and like be quiet because it, it's, it's, rough. it's rough. He really did like he rip went, her fucking face off. He went in. So Tonka is from that same breeder. Um, Tanya took Tonka because uh, the original breeder, Casey, was getting shut down by PETA or accused by PETA of having unsafe conditions for these animals, uh, roach-infested cages, and things like that. So Tanya takes Tonka, raises him. They're doing their little thug fizzle and living their best life, right? Um, So then... PETA starts coming from Tanya because they felt like the conditions that she gave Tonka were better, but still not great. So she basically was like, well, I'll just take care of it. Okay. So (laughs) she decided to fake this, this poor chimp's death. Um, First, she said that he went missing, if I'm not mistaken. And then, so Alan Cumming put up, money to try and find him oh and that's how they found the, the chimp oh um tanya doesn't give a fuck she's like <laughs> yeah take the chip's death and i'll do it again and they're trying to get tonka to a sanctuary sanctuary she's claiming that uh he will die he's not healthy enough to be transported to a sanctuary because he's like a human chimp i don't really know what that means but uh yeah she <laughs> basically it's like fuck whoever told uh that tonka was alive i'm coming for you i only told a few people and i know uh who it might be she's she's really wild you guys i it's just like what in the tiger king right here kitty kitty did you see that they just arrested doc antle i i try to avoid doc antle he's the one with the the flavor saver and the cowboy hat uh He's the one with the uh, that is running around with like an Indian name because he's also running a cult and has all the women that he's married to. And he keeps showing up on the elephant and everything. Like, I'm just saying, I think this is a broad uh, assertion I'm about to I'm about to give you guys. Um, I think animal people are weird. Okay, and I don't mean like you like dogs. Everybody likes fucking dogs, guys. Like. Or almost everybody. Like, I'm not talking about animal people that way. I mean, animal people that will be like, let me get a chimp the size of a man and put clothes on him and, like, live with him for the rest of my life. Those type of animal people. And so, like, nothing in this article that I read that was wild beyond (laughs) compare shocked me. Because I was like, yep, that sounds like some shit. Like, fake a death? Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. PETA suing you and they got a court order to search your home? Okay. (laughs) Like, this is all... This I feel like they live in a different world than the rest of us. Right. I mean, she's saying things like, you know, he's her best friend and that she will die if Kita takes uh, the champ away from her. And she's like, I'm not going to make this, okay? I'm not going to live through this. And that's, that's okay. Said, yeah. On them to each their own. And at this point, I don't even really care except for the fact that I want Taka to be okay. That's all I care about. And they're going to kill him. And I've already warned all the federal marshals. And if there's anything that happens to that kid, I feel sorry for them because they're going to be sued from here to yonder. Oh, God. I just... <laughs> and this lady's white, obviously. 
obviously. And the 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 chimp's name is Tonka. Her name is Tanya. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if we found out some really disturbing things about her and Tonka's relationship. Like that man. You know what I'm saying? Like say it. It's, it's I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to. But like you know where I'm going with this. Like there's so many weird stuff that like when they're like and also they slept in the same bed. You're like oh okay. Right. <laughs> like, I just. You can find the article on Rolling Stone, you guys. I highly suggest you read. It's such a wild read. It's a true wild read. Um, so okay. is he going to be put down or not? Because she said that they, they recorded her saying he's going to be put down. He has heart failure, apparently. Like, what's happening with Tonka? Where Where is he now? Girl, if we... I'm going to turn on my TV and there's going to be some sort of Waco situation. I guarantee <laughs> you. I'm really nervous about that. <laughs> I just, and I, and the thing is, and it's not that like animals aren't great to be around and like they're, they're awesome for like, you know, changing perspective of the world. But we as humans often, we do this with babies and toddlers too, like project our feelings onto animals yeah. because we can. And when often they're just like, I'm just trying to live and eat and sleep because that's what I do. Like, mm-hmm. you got me all over here having, like, human feelings and shit, and I don't give a fuck, and if you die, I'm going to eat your face. Like, they're, they're, like, we do, we put a lot on fucking animals. And <laughs> people who, like, attach themselves like Tanya has to Tonka, like, sometimes I think we should be looking more inward. Like, yeah. what's going on with us? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, 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 are we, like, doing the right thing by Tonka, by putting all our emotions and feelings and needs onto this chimp who has a limited understanding of what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Tanya, I, I, you're going to die if they take him from... You are literally not going to die. Well, she might kill herself. You don't know. Well, sure. But you're not going to die from whatever you think you're going to die from. Or from heartbreak? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. you, guys, we don't even know. Like, Tonka could totally be like, get me the fuck out of here. I've been waiting for somebody to come get me. This bitch has been on the phone talking about she's going to put me down for three weeks. And I don't have heart congestion. I'm a chimp. I'm fine. Like, she's just mad because I didn't want to sleep in a bed with her no more. And I'm like, somebody come get me. Like, you don't fucking know. Check <laughs> like, the emails on that iPad. He's probably been saying, at PETA, help. Yeah. help. Get me out of here. He's probably been looking at YouTube on how to escape from that fucking house. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I just wish we would, like, stop. And I feel this way about all pet owners, to be honest. A lot of pet owners are like, no, this dog needs this and that. I'm like, I don't know if they need that. I think you need that. And right. I think you're, like, really inconveniencing them. And they literally don't want to go everywhere with you. You just want them to. And, like, right. they'd be totally happy at home with, like, classical music on the TV in their bed and some chew toys. But mm-hmm. you have decided that they want to go to Target with you all the time. And they want to go to the rodeo. And I'm just like, mm, maybe not. And so <laughs> I just want all of us... <laughs> animal owners and people who who have animals and interact with animals to look inside ourselves and make sure that we are like uh we we are putting the emotions where they belong and not with these animals that are just trying to survive and wondering how they got stuck inside this house with us i fully agree and you know to issue a disclaimer not that we should have to but like you are a pet owner i work with animals so i love dogs so much okay 
<laughs> yes, we love animals. I'm talking about somebody that dresses an animal, sleeps in a bed with them, fakes their death. <laughs> like, I'm talking about shit like that. Right. <laughs> I'm talking about some, I'm talking about people that do that. I'm talking about Doc Antle who collects women, children, and elephants. I'm talking about Tiger King type bullshit. Exactly. I'm talking about them. I'm not talking about you and your little Yorkie listening to this. Right. Okay. I'm sure you're feeding them and not putting like human emotions on them and not having like a romantic relationship with them. I'm sure you're doing the right thing. I'm talking about this bitch, Tanya. Yeah. So Girl, 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 girl. Okay. Um, let's talk about Real World Homecoming. I'm Princess, I'm so sad that we're at the penultimate episode. Yeah, it was just such a good season. Um, better than the other two seasons that I popped in and out on. See, I didn't even watch those two. Well, season the second one was the LA season. Like, and uh-huh. it had Tammy Roman and David. You know, remember remember that whole like um issue where David had to leave the house with the blanket and the whole thing yeah he's like pulling her pants down or whatever like Mm -hmm. that was a great conversation to have and something wrong with David so like like later on throughout the season like he's threatening to beat up Tammy he's like doing all that I saw a couple clips and they were all Tammy I mean it was Tam. I mean we all saw the viral clip of like uh, you can't say it because you a Latina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with that cigarette in her mouth, I love that shit. You can't say it either. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this has been like a true, a real treat to watch it. Um, let's talk about just, I just want to like hit on like the hot topics of the episode. So first off, Julie. White witch in a Lululemon legging. I mean, my God, I have a theory that the the leggings are cutting off circulation to her brain, and that's maybe why she's acting so wild. But no, no you said it perfectly when we were talking to Liz that time. You said she has raccoon energy, and like that's why I feel deeply unsafe when she's on the screen because yeah. I'm like, this bitch about to give me rabies. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> she is doing, and she's the type of person that. Since she makes you feel unsafe, and she and it's obvious she makes a lot of people feel unsafe because you don't know what's happening. And she's like, like on ten all the time. Uh, she thinks she's like a rebel. She thinks she's so. And I'm like, you're like middling. You're like a middling rebel. Like you're not even that shocking. The issue is that you're just like this energy that you're coming with is stressing me out. Like, right. I, I, it's so it's so much, and it's so weird how little she's changed. It's really giving Arrested Development. So she, the beginning of the episode is with her talking to Danny. It was like, Danny, I just want to like get your thoughts on this. So she tells Danny because last week her husband came to the house and she kept pushing this like, will they, won't they between her and Jamie who does not know what's going on. Jamie has no idea. Jamie's just walking around the house eating fucking Cheez-Its and shit. He don't know shit about this. Nothing. And I really want to pick his brain and be like, what are you thinking watching this? Because I know they watch it with us. Like, they haven't yeah. seen anything. I think he would say, I think he would say, you know, that's interesting. I had no idea that was going on. I think he's not going to like, remember when Tokyo wanted to move out of the room and Jamie's like explaining it to her and he's just like, 
yeah, I don't know, man. We're just going to get him a new, like, he knows why, but he's not going to, he, I don't feel like he'd give us what we want from him. Yeah. I, I want to have that conversation with him at a bar privately off Drunk. record. Right. So yeah. that he, that he'll just say what he means. <laughs> exactly. Um, so she tells Danny, Julie tells Danny, oh, you know, um, the thing that happened, cause she, uh, did a, uh, Spotify playlist called Roping, which is like, girl, come on. Um, and it had all these suggestive songs and Danny's looking through the songs. He's like, yeah, I could see why if you thought something, you might really think something looking at the Spotify playlist. And then she says that Spencer basically gave her a hall pass. And she... <sighs> She says, you know, we've never hooked up with the people outside of our marriage and, you know, but we also kind of struggle with strict monogamy and how that could feel like a prison. And Danny's like, okay, well, first of all, we're not friends. But secondly, um, I don't know anything about your relationship, but if you guys are like confident in each other's whatever, like if you trust each other, then Maybe he needs to lean into that, but like, also, we're just we're not friends, just to be clear. <laughs> like, yeah, Danny, like I don't know shit about your relationship, lady. And like, with this, and I don't want to. Well, speaking of hall pass, and I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but did you see? You saw that that uh fucking tweet, which might be a a fucking TikTok of that of of that guy and that girl, and the guy asked him, "Do they have a hall pass?" And she, she goes, said, "My yeah. ex boyfriend." She said, if I could pick, well, okay. So the guy is interviewing a couple and he says, they're like outside of a Yankees game or something. And the question was, if you could get a guaranteed Yankees win, would you give your partner a hall pass? And they were both like, yeah. So he asked the girl who she would pick. She's like, gosh, out of anybody in the world, um, I guess my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. (laughs) <laughs> Which is not the point of hall passes. And that's why I'm tying this to Julie. Like, hall passes are, like, once-in-a-lifetime fucks that you could have. Like, it's usually a celebrity that you would never, like, right. uh, get yeah. run into. Your ex-boyfriend yeah. whose number's in your phone who could just go over his house right now? That is not... Eh, that's not it. And so, so, like, that's embarrassing. So and to make it worse, you guys, the boyfriend was like, well, I guess I would pick you. <laughs> no, I think he said that. I think he said that because he was really embarrassed. Because, like, he was like, wait, what? You're, you want to fuck your ex? What? And so, like, the reason I'm thinking about that is because I'm thinking about Julie's husband, Spencer, who looks like a robot, right? He doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. Looks like a mannequin of some sort. And <laughs> that she's, like, trying to force to have sex with him under a blanket in front of cameras. Like, yeah. Which you could see he's uncomfortable with. It seems like, I bet you Julie is not like this all the time. I don't think he knows this Julie. You know what I mean? No, the performative. Performative. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think he thought, let's go hang outside and then she's going to try to blow me underneath a blanket while these people watch us. <laughs> right. I think he was very shocked by that. And so, yeah. So, like, the idea that he has said... First of all, I... Uh, Kara told you guys last week, I think this is all made up. I don't think this is real. I think she made this shit up. I don't even think he was on the phone that day she was talking. Yeah. The, a lot of this is, like... Because getting... we didn't hear him. Normally, we hear, like, we at least hear... Because they're because you can hear the volume. We at least hear them. Like, even a little bit of their voice. We didn't hear shit of him. Right. We only heard him say... Um, 
am I jealous of Jamie? Yes, but he contextualized it by saying, I'm jealous that he's that you're in this like gorgeous place with this guy. You know, not really it's not really that specific to Jamie. Right. Like, and right. trying to make this be like, oh, I've held this torch for Jamie and like he's always been in the back of my mind and and now Spencer it and he saw he just recently watched a show and he saw all these things and like that probably is true i would imagine probably very weird for your partner to like see you at a different time where you're hooking up with people and exploring your sexuality that is probably very awkward and i imagine it would be awkward to like be back in the house where you can't monitor her with that dude um because obviously it was that big of a deal for her but i kind of feel like that's where it ends well, making it into a lot more. You're like you had mentioned a few times that like you're not married, and so some of the stuff where the people are, like Kelly's, like, are you sure that you should be talking about this? Did you did you like, you know, talk about this with your husband? I think what Kelly's talking about is the way Julie's talking, as if uh, Jamie was the love of her life and the one who got away, can be very embarrassing on national television or excuse me, on Paramount Plus. And so I understand where she's coming from. Like, you don't ever want your partner to feel like leftover baloney, right? Sure. And here, and you once had steak and you just couldn't keep it. Don't worry, but I, I got this baloney now. Like, you don't want, and that's how Julie's coming off. That's embarrassing. Right. Um, it's all, it's doubly embarrassing that Jamie seems to be like, Jamie seems to be disputing that they fucked yes respectfully he's like yeah uh, yeah he's he's saying in so many words that like what she's saying is not exactly what happened i I, I don't well she said you gave me my first orgasm which is very different than saying we had a sexual related like she's she's using very specific words and i'm like did you just like did he finger you is that what you're trying to tell us Right. Like, is that is that what you're trying to fucking tell us? And like, and that changed your fucking life. And and like you wanted to come back. So you Jamie, like, I can see that he see it didn't mean as much to him for a number of reasons. And so it's embarrassing to be next to her while she's just like, It changed my life. You opened up my sexuality. And I'm like, Yeah, so did the person I first had sex with too, but like I, I wouldn't be here gushing over them like this. I'd be like, yeah, this is the first right. person that when I started my sexual journey. So that's what it is. Julie is attributing things to Jamie as opposed to it being a part of her journey. She's like, Jamie was the one, like if she hadn't done that with Jamie, then she would not have been able to ever have sex. Right, right. And, and that- I don't know that Spencer, um, I think Spen- if this is true, I think Spencer is worried because of the way she's she's talking about Jamie. Yeah, and I would be too. <laughs> well, and it also feels like Julie's like trying to like make a splash. So like like it feels like she would go fuck Jamie for the show. It almost feels like that. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like she told Danny because she thought it would get back to Jamie somehow. Maybe. I, I think she thinks she's closer with Jamie, with uh, Danny than she is. Danny's last interaction was you sending emails to people saying that he was a deviant <laughs> that don't right. hire him. Like that, 
he's he's close to Kelly, and but not you. And so like, she's just like, okay, now that I've apologized for that, me and Danny are good friends. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if you're good friends with with Danny. You know what I mean? You're not, and I'm I'm gonna get into why. They're definitely not, and that's very clear. Um, so, yeah, like, so, okay, so at one point, they're, like, at the house, and Julie is, like, trying to keep up with this, like, love triangle. So she's on the phone with Spencer outside, and Jamie is, like, she's on one lounge chair, and Jamie's on another, and she's, like, going on her phone. He's, like, oh, let me get up. She's, like, no, 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 you can be there. Um, so Jamie puts on his like virtual reality thing. And the first thing that Julie says is like, oh, you just sent me some neat nude, nude pictures. And Jamie's like, all right, well, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do I want to see naked pictures of your husband, boo? Why would I want to hear a conversation about that? Like. That's I'm, a private conversation. Very private conversation. Like that I fully understand. Like that is. Do you. Do you remember when Kelly's holding Melissa's phone and Melissa says, don't swipe left or right. I'm away from my husband. We do all the things that married people do and agree. I would be the same. Like, don't, I, no, 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 this is private. Right. And I just feel like she's doing all this like very obvious stuff in front of him to try to like create some other thing. And like, he's like not having it, not aware. He's like, I listen, I'm whatever he's doing on his virtual reality thing is like what he wants to do. Okay. Leave him alone. <laughs> she said she's doing very high school stuff that you would do with like somebody you liked in high school where you pretend to have a boyfriend in Canada and you'd be like, look, you sent me these pictures. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's my boyfriend. Oh my God. Isn't he so sweet? Oh my God. He bought me this knowing damn well, you bought that at the Claire's for yourself. And like, <laughs> you want to, you want to read his, read his letter that he sent me in my own handwriting. <laughs> like, do you uh, so after she gets off the phone with Spencer, she's having a conversation with Jamie and Danny, and she had clearly shown them a picture. And Kelly walks in the door, and J- Julie just like puts the phone in her face, and she's like, "Whoa, what is that?" She's like, "Oh, it's just my husband with the shirt off." Um, but uh-huh. like that's really weird. I have boundaries, whatever. But Danny wrote a post on his Instagram story. You want to right. hear what he said? Yes, I know what he said, but tell the people. Okay, so he says, last night's episode was an interesting edit. For the record, uh, those were not photos of a shirtless husband being shared by that woman. Those were eggplant photos being shared. In fact, that woman was generally granted a very mild edit obfuscating the true nature of the events. The assignment was to create meaningful television with redemption and love. One of us missed that. The world is already awash and with reality TV full of vanity, broken souls, manipulation, ego-driven antics, shallow platitudes, and mindlessness. We didn't mean to add to the to the pile by making more or celebrating the lowest common denominator. And then he also tagged Kelly and Melissa. So he's saying that it just wasn't Spencer with his shirt off. It was Spencer with his dick out. And which is like so and, fucking inappropriate for what? Spencer. As well as the people you're showing it to, like, yeah, like if we're sharing like intimate pictures, like off rip. You don't have permission to show it to anybody. Like the moment you're showing it to somebody, you have like you know violated my trust. I'm sure Spencer did not send that going. 
she's going to show this to everybody in the fucking house. Yeah, she's going to show it to the guy that she's been flirting with. Like, why would she show Danny that? Why would she show anybody that? It's weird. It is weird. So this one time I was like, uh, my my not my husband, but like a guy I was dating was getting a tattoo like in someone's house. And I'm just like waiting for him. And the girl, the the tattoo is got the tattoo guy's girlfriend's there. And she's like trying to engage with me. But I'm like, I'm a person I can just sit and stare at a wall. I don't need you to entertain me. I'm fine on my own. But she's like talking to me and she keeps going, do you like uh, piercings? And I was like, yeah, I have a few. And she goes, and then she shows me this Polaroid picture of her pussy pierced. And I was like, this is, I don't know if you know this, but you should ask people if they want to see your pussy first. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should say, you know, I do have a picture of, like, my, like, you don't just, and that's how I feel about Julie. Like, Julie, if you really want to show someone Spencer's dick, you need to do that. You should say, hey, my husband sent me, like, some really uh, sexy nude pictures or whatever you want to see them. So they have the opportunity to be like, no. Yeah, Your husband looks like a mannequin. No, I don't want to see his smooth uh, genital area. No, thank you. Not a chance. And I, you know, I do feel for Kelly because Julie's trying to make her look like a prude. And she does, if you didn't look too closely or think too deeply about it, I guess you, one could think that Kelly was just being like oh, a little too stuck up about it. But mm. I don't want to see any of my friends' husbands' dicks. Like, no. And I like, even though I am single, I do understand that like the conversations that girlfriends have about their boyfriends is very different. And I don't expect to have the same conversations with my girlfriends about their husbands. Like, you know, like, right. It's Cause he's gonna, like, you assume he's going to be there in five years, you know, unlike That's, a guy you hooked up with the other day, like you'll tell all his fucking business and all his shit. <laughs> That's different. Yeah, it's it's very different. And even like, even if I, you know, I've got friends that I've been best friends with for like twenty years, and I do not feel entitled to any sort of information about their sexual, you know, other than like general girl talk stuff. Like, I don't need yeah. any, girls, right? Yeah, um, I think you'd also be upset if not upset, but at least like weirded out if like one of your, you know, your best friends just was like, "You want to see a picture of my husband's dick?" You'd be like. Not really, <laughs> like not really. I cannot think of a single one that I'd be interested in. No. And then what? What if I say yeah? Because I've been wanting to for right. a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. you're out, the Mr. Curtis. You you asked me to see some pictures of Mr. Curtis. You'll never see me again, bitch. Because I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. this, this yeah. this must be a, a Tyler Perry movie. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Acrimony? Girl, you know I have. Uh, I've, I've gotten my hair braided. I've definitely seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've been actively avoiding it. But then, like, Crystal <laughs> talks about it all the time. But then I just saw that Ira Madison had been live tweeting it. I'm like, God, I have to watch this, don't I? So I might, that might be what I do. But anyway. It's terrible. Um, I, that's what I hear. And I, I keep hearing about, like, how did she get back on that boat? And I can't wait to find out. So, um <laughs> You're not going to find out. We don't know how she got back on the boat. She's <laughs> on there. I want to be just as confused as everybody else. But okay. uh, anyway, let's move on to more of like the Kelly stuff. Okay. So uh, we find out like quite a bit about Kelly. And, uh, you know, she and Melissa and Danny are sharing a room this season. And it, 
her storyline kind of first starts with talking about how she and Melissa are really bonding. They have a lot of things in common. They both have hot husbands. They both have three kids. Mm-hmm. And they're really finding that common ground now that they didn't find before. And Kelly's been trying to leave this entire time. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Melissa's basically and Danny have been the only people that have been keeping her there um so then they get an incoming message and it's all about Kelly it's about Kelly um dating that Peter guy who like so hot but where's Peter let's get Peter back in the house when they they showed the old footage I was like oh so I'm not because a lot of times they'll show footage of people and i'm like i thought the person was so fucking hot i don't know what i was fucking thinking but mm-hmm. i did think he was hot and you know i didn't remember a lot about kelly from the original season it felt yeah. like she got to the house met a doctor stay winning kept winning till she married scott wolf and then keep winning like that's what it felt like like right. i didn't have like a lot of memory of her and she talked about that in this episode yeah because so basically i mean yeah pretty much what she said happened like she met peter they went off and were doing their thing he went on a vacation in the last two weeks of the house and then she wanted to come back in the house and be like buddy buddy with everybody but melissa was like uh excuse me flag on the play uh you haven't been here girl and so (laughs) not really feeling you know the spirit of the yaya sisterhood with you like i am with julie so good luck and uh best of best best of luck for you so melissa says that at the time she was like a little bit judgmental of kelly and that maybe in her mind i think she mentioned this on her podcast or maybe jaden xd that in her mind like kelly was just like a very pretty girl and so they weren't going to have anything in common and so she just that was just like what she thought i would have said the same thing ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. 
BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Yeah, I was thought yeah. exactly the same thing. I was like, okay, she's like a sorority girl. She's like, you know, I know her story. And if she wouldn't have like, the interactions wouldn't have shown me anything different. I would have been like, yeah, that's, you know, we're not going to get along because I'm not that type of girl. Right, right. So Kelly reveals that she was really in like self-preservation mode the whole time. And that she was bullied in high school like for real bully like for real like people forming a circle to push her around and spit on her bully showing up at her house putting bitch on her car like serious fucked up shit and like affected her relationships with women and so she kind of went to Peter because that was like the safer thing to her because Julie and Melissa had their friendship and it was a little bit triggering for her. So she just found what was safe. Yeah. Um, And I really felt, I really felt for her on that. I've not been bullied that deeply, but like, that's heavy. That's some really heavy. heavy. And also like, like the way Melissa described it is like, they each thought each other wouldn't like each other, but they do like each other. Mm -hmm. Now they get to know each other. And it's, it's like uh, people think they know your whole story. I just explained how I would just make these assumptions about her unless found out otherwise. And I'm sure she'd make assumptions about me. I have resting bitch face. You know what I mean? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. sure she'd be like, look at that mean black lady. And that's who I am. And so like, (laughs) I can see how, like how that happened. And it's really, the the Peter of it all, his name is Peter, right? The guy mm-hmm. she the Peter of it all really fucked things over because with the real world, the whole point is for different people to get in this house and like kind of explain themselves to each other. And yeah. if Peter had not been such like a she's running off with Peter all the time, she would have had no choice but to get to know Melissa and Julie. And it might have changed how they felt about each other because right. You know, like we we all do this. We all look at people and make assumptions based on how we see them, on what we see. But it's the interactions that tell you who someone really is. But they didn't just they just didn't have very many of them. And how strange is it that Melissa and Julie were like together, like stuck like glue together, right? You know, and now it's the other way around. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I also remember them playing a clip when they did the Jamie clip about how like all the girls had a crush on him. And there's a brief moment where Kelly said to him like, oh, I thought we would have a connection. But it now hearing what she said, I'm like, oh, okay. I think she meant like, oh, he was going to be like my friend. Not that she wanted to date him, but she was like, oh, I think this boy is going to be like my closest bet and it wasn't so then she found peter yeah yeah and i is it my my understanding that the peter that she stayed in new orleans with peter right yeah and it didn't end well is that true well they broke up so (laughs) i mean people can break up and it can end fine but yeah i don't know know how badly it ended oh 
Okay. 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 Yeah. I mean, this is just very interesting. Um, to to like Kelly talking is interesting to me because like I don't recall her talking very much. Yeah. Yeah. She she's I like mean, a non motherfucking factor. <laughs> she did, and there's always one. He's just like in the background. Um, yeah. and she said, you know that. Uh, I can't remember what she said. <laughs> But uh, yeah. Oh, she said that she had wished that she had like participated more because in the end she was the one who missed out on the experience. Yeah. So yes, right, because she was only half in, half out the experience. Right. Um. So after she sees Spencer's wee wee, um, Kelly's like, I've had enough. So she finally takes Julie aside and say, Listen, I am. Mm-hmm happy that you're having this sexual revolution i'm not slut shaming you girl i grew up in a house where my mom was like find your pleasure god bless okay but i don't really think it's appropriate for me to see pictures of your husband and she's making very good points but what julie hears is that oh you just expected me to come in the house and be the same mormon girl that i was and because I wasn't, it's like shaking you up and you're using that as an excuse to not be friends with me. What? But, like, Kara, the thing is, why does Julie think she's so different than she used to be? She's not. She's if she's very similar to what she used to be. Like, when she was in the house, she was, sure, she was Mormon, but she was also, like, half-naked wrestling with Jamie all the time in the mud. Right. She was also, like... um doing things that weren't a part of like her her teachings and stuff like she feels like the same person the Mm -hmm. lululemon mom christian mom is not very different than the 20 year old mormon that she was uh like you're married to him like maybe it would have been something like really wild if you had just went out that night and met a dude and got pictures of his dick and showed it to us. We'd all be like, "Oh, that's different." No, you're married to the guy. I'm sure you've seen his dick. Like I'm not shocked by any of this. Right. I think the issue is is that Julie wants to be. All her behavior is fine to her. Mm-hmm. Whereas if anybody did anything like that to her, we would have had like such long talking heads about how they're trying to push their lifestyle on her and this, this and that. And I just yeah. feel like she's like a top. I don't know who who's a fan of Julie at this point. Who out there is like Julie is killing it on this show. Uh, Julie. <laughs> Maybe Spencer. No, Spencer's seen the footage now. No, never mind. Drawn up the divorce papers right now. They they might the thing is is that I have a I I agree that like I feel like Spencer and Julie are not long for this world together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's gonna be like, well, you know, I won the show and that brought up a lot of insecurities. I got a feeling y'all was already like that. Otherwise, why did you show up here with such a fucking hard on for Jamie who barely remembers your name? Was like, oh, uh Julie, right? Like <laughs> why did you have such a fucking hard on for yeah. Also yeah. Uh-huh. Jamie's not that cute. Okay, I said it. Jamie's not that cute. He looks like he, he looks like a blockhead figure. He's square. His whole his head is square for some reason. He's not that cute. I think he's. I think he's come. I was not attracted to him. I'm more attracted to him now. Is it the gray hair? Then on the show, huh? Is it the gray hair that gives him a little distinction? Oh, I, you know, I like have a particular soft spot for um, you know. Uh, men over 40 from the Midwest. We'll just keep it at that. Um, so oh, wow, wow, okay, 
All right. Okay. Oh, but okay. Way There's to find out that you're in love with Kanye West. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because he's from Chicago. I just like, oh, I, there's something about Jamie that I really have a soft spot for. Um, he's like, he seems like a man child to me. Like his whole, yeah. when he was talking about how he got, what he thought he was going to be doing and how he like met this woman when he was like 40 and they decided to have a baby real quick. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, I guess I should live because I have these twins. <laughs> and like, he seems, he seems like somebody that just figured out you should wash your legs. Like that's what he's. And so like, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't do it for me. I think he just reminds me of guys that I went to high school with who were like, okay. just, you think that they're these like douchey guys, but they're really just goofy. Okay. The goofiness and, gets you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I don't think he like, has any bad intentions about anything. I don't think he's malicious in any way. I think a lot of times things just go over his head and he's like, what? Totally. Like he's in his own world. He's doing his own thing. And I, I, I find that very charming. That's my no. truth. I feel like I would choice. have to take care of him. And that's my truth. I feel like I would have to be okay. like, um, he be like, you have to pick up the towels. He just drops no, them. I feel like I'd have to explain to him that you don't eat like the peel of a banana. And like, he's like, I've always done that. And you're like, no, that's not how it goes. He's like, no, this is how my family does it. This is how I've never not eaten the peel of a banana. And you're like, this is why your stomach hurts all the time. And then he's like, what? And then you're like, let's make a doctor's appointment. That's what I feel like I would be doing. <laughs> I was still confident to say that Jamie's never like dropped to his knees and like scrubbed a bathtub. Like it's no! never. <laughs> He, he thinks he's cleaning the bathtub when he takes a shower. Like, yeah. like when he takes a shower, he he grabs the nozzle and kind of moves it around a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I cleaned the shower while I was in there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, like, no, so he doesn't flood my basement. <laughs> so, he doesn't flood my basement either. I just think we would be friends. Okay. I would be friends I, with you him. could see, like, hanging out with him a little bit, like, maybe getting coffee or going to a movie or something. Like Jamie, if you ever come to New York and like you and Melissa or she's coming into the city, like we could have a really good time. Hmm. We could have a really fun time. Um, so the other storyline is about Tokyo, and finally we're getting some like a full circle moment about "Come on, be my baby tonight," which we find out like is a lot deeper for Tokyo hmm. than we expected. So. He, um, first of all, the origins of Come On Me, My Baby Tonight just makes me laugh more and more because they were assigned to work at a public ask or like a TV station. And right. this was an assignment for them to introduce themselves to their audience, answer these basic five questions about themselves. Everybody does it except for Tokyo, who decides to take to the keyboard and let it out okay and i didn't even know that there was like a rap portion of come on be my baby no tonight. because they just kept replaying the the uh the chorus yeah there's a whole there's there's bars there's bars in there there's um bars. so you know there was it was a source of tension at the time because david really wasn't participating with the roommates and they're just like okay now here you are and you're not participating in the assignment rubbed kelly the wrong way and really everybody else but he says that at the time that was really his attempt to kind of 
get them to know who he was and it flopped basically <laughs> and uh yeah so then they go to the uh studio to recreate and record the song and we found out that Tokyo's not done it since he was on the Chappelle show now and... when was he on the Chappelle show uh, I'm not sure of what year I'm was it around the same time though the Chappelle show out in 2000 I don't know let me look <laughs> it up because sure. I feel like so the Chappelle show started in 2003. Okay, so and this yeah. and their shit was the year 2000 and it went to 2006. So it was like around it probably was like the first season or second season. Yeah. I I that's I I was thinking 2003. Um so yeah, he uh did the show and basically he felt like Dave kind of took that and ran with it and it became Dave's thing rather than his thing. And basically he felt kind of like people just commodified him and, and used him. And then he kind of strayed away from that. And a couple of people said that they kind of feel like that might be where Tokyo's coming from of like him trying to protect his deeper, his deepest self. Yeah. I mean, uh, it seemed like, they were laughing at him rather than with him, if you know what I mean. Like, when Dave invited him on the show, it was to be like, look at this guy that thinks he makes... You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. And so, I can understand why he felt that kind of way. Um, and then, so after that, a lot, like Dave Chappelle, the Chappelle show was so like quotable and like so like rerunnable and things this becomes a dave Chappelle thing where dave Chappelle has invited this guy from the real world to sing this dumb song he did on the real world and dave like ad lips to it and it's no longer this thing that david that uh tokyo excuse me tokyo um created to tell the world about himself Right. And yeah, as somebody who makes things, you make things too, by the way, Kara, uh, you're an artiste as well, uh, that well. when we put things out in the world, like other people get to like react to it and like transform it the way they want to. But it's really hard to watch something that you made become something else that you didn't intend for it to be. It, yeah, exactly. Now you're like the clown. Yeah. Something that you were actually really dedicated to. That that sucks. That really sucks. Yeah, because when we watch that clip... Tokyo is there in all seriousness. D dead ass. <laughs> he came to do Come On Be My Baby Tonight. And he is over there. He moving his head and stuff. And he, you know, he doing his thing. And, and the people in this audience are, like, making fun of him. Yeah. Totally mm -hmm. yucking it up. And yeah. that sucks. It, like, in hindsight, that's like, damn. To know that it affected him that greatly, like, that really sucks. That really sucks. So I was... Yeah thrilled for him to have this moment where they go into the studio and he's at the piano and they're all at the microphone recording and you know shout out to my melissa's really my bitch she really is and She's so funny she says, you know david is responsible for every reality star that came after him wanting to get into music you know not even money can't buy you class by countess luann has been able to top come on be my baby tonight <laughs> you can't be tardy for the party if you've not been somebody's baby tonight and that's truly how i feel and i'm like you know what 
princess, I would have said that exact same thing, word for word. I know it. I know I yeah. have. So I I really loved them having that moment. Jamie and his like yellow Bootsy Collins hat was feeling the fuck out of this song. I girl like somebody said he was looking like he was about to get jump double dutch. Oh no, that was uh fucking Danny. But yeah. he's just like, yeah, like he about to go. He's like, I'm about to go, I'm about to go, I'm about to go. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Jamie was like, Miss Jamie was lip syncing for her life. He yeah. was truly kidding. Um, I was actually surprised that Matt would dare to say the word like thug and baby. I don't know if that would be so triggering to his Catholicism. <sighs> I need someone to go and look for a belly button on Matt because I don't believe he's real. Oh my god. He looks you know, I don't know if you're you're not a Marvel girl, but he reminds me of that character Paul Bettany plays, the 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 the, the he's basically the the computer. <laughs> like that's that's who he reminds me of. And like the fact that it feels like everything on the real world Matt doesn't want to do. Right. And he didn't do them. He didn't do the tarot. He didn't go to the gay club. Uh, he, I don't know, he seemed very grossed out when Julie was talking about having an orgasm with Jamie, although that's what I agree with him on. But, like, he's not, like, everything here is, like, against, like, what did he think he was, he's been on the real world before. What did he think he was coming to do? That's what I've been screaming, princess. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't get it. And so... If you if you're not allowed to do any of this stuff, then why did you come here? Yeah, he seems to think that this is like a sitcom and they're just going to talk about things and everything's going to be great and they'll do a little activity and then you can go take your nap. And there that is true, but also like you do have to answer as to whether or not you still hate gay people. That's going to be a well, topic of discussion. The- the, the, I think that he, and I think most people who have these, the, those opinions believes that it's just a difference of opinions. When, but if your yeah. opinion is that I should not exist, that's not a difference of opinions. The difference of opinions is like whether what got to go out the Neapolitan ice cream and yeah. it's the chocolate. I'm sorry. It's the chocolate because it don't ever taste like real chocolate. The strawberry yeah. and the vanilla is fine. Now you obviously have other feelings about that and that's fine. We can agree to disagree, but we can't agree to disagree on whether or not I'm allowed to exist. Or that's- if I was created differently than you. Yeah. Like he doesn't understand why God made me like, well, you're not God. So like, maybe you don't need, I don't understand why God made you with those tidy little outfits you keep wearing and you have white skin and white hair and no wrinkles. And that's interesting. So why don't you tell us about the Botox, Matt? And like, I, I just feel like he, he absolutely, I don't know. He, he wants to come off as like a really nice guy. And that's the difference between nice and kind. He wants to be here like a show, but you're yeah. not a kind person because you can't even find the way to like speak to me like I'm a person. Right. And, and so I, yeah, I'm surprised he went over there too, but I think what it is is that he can do this ironically. Thug, you know, the only people that still say thug now are people like being ironic, thinking they're funny. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it is. Um, 
So what else happened? I mean, the, the episode ends with the cast going to brunch, and as they're leaving, they kind of figure out that maybe something's being prepared for them back at the house. Yeah. And Kelly's like, mm, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> and then, then Jane's talking about how to do it in a nerf fight. She's like, yeah, that'll be really fun for you guys. So fun. Um, she's getting more and more quiet. They're pulling up to the house. She, Danny's noticing that she's stressed out. She's like not really trying to participate. And that's where the episode ends. Um, I mean, it would be a shame for her to leave at this point you know it would be i think she had a lot of um misgivings coming back and um i think once you've done this oh and she only did halfway did it right you know what i mean the first time um once you've done this you realize how little control you have over edits and how little control you have over the situations they put you in and everything's a surprise like you don't know what's coming on that fucking tv melissa said they were they'd be sitting there for hours talking about that shit um for danny and melissa particularly i know it must be hard like matt thinks he's been put in the hot seat i don't think so i think melissa got put in the hot seat where she's expected to speak for hours on racism and like represent every person of color in america mm-hmm. and danny has to talk incessantly about his sexuality, how that affects his par- his relationship with his parents, this relationship he had with this dude a long time ago. Like, yeah. imagine if somebody brought your ex from 20 years ago, you know, when you were like 15, and <laughs> then you had to like sit for hours and talk about this fucking relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah. these people are being put on the hot seat. I don't think Matt got put in the hot seat like that. I don't think anybody else did, to be completely honest. Maybe a little Kelly. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've really had to do a lot of work. Paramount, if you want to kick over some extra ducats to Danny and Melissa, because they've really been doing a lot of work. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a ton of stuff. And like, they, the, the reactions they get back are not just like, oh, we love your story. And their stories are inspirational, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of people that targeted them with racism yeah. and homophobia. And like, Danny has to be in the house with two people that like, were like, you're disgusting. <laughs> and he has to like go do come on be my baby tonight with them. <laughs> like that's right. <laughs> right. Like you have to have that conversation that you think I'm a disgusting. Now let's go go to brunch. I I, I it's tough. It's real fucking tough. And, Very. and so like, but I will say this, I feel like this is probably the best reality TV show on TV right now. Definitely. It's so good. And I didn't, the truth is people are like, well, Jamie, well, if Julie wasn't there acting all wild, we wouldn't have a show. I think we'd have a show. I really care about what happened with Danny and Paul and all that shit. I really, Melissa is supremely watchable. Very. Like she, she is so funny. She is so easy on the fucking eye. She's great. The old, and, and aren't funny like that on reality TV. And I've been like, no, People that are like Portia is funny, Nini is funny, but like Melissa's like in a very different way where it's just natural and inherent to her and not situational. Right, right. And, and it's so refreshing to see somebody just be genuinely funny. Right. And Kat, and like she just seems like she's really in her element. I know she she keeps telling us she was like, I mean, I, I know she's walking around with her purse. Okay. So I know she's not comfortable, but like. <laughs> 
but like she feels like she's in her element. And I love that. I love the Shorty and Mercy of it, mostly because I've been listening and like I've been hearing about Shorty and Mercy for fucking twenty years, and yeah. so I love seeing them. Um, I've been Olympia for weeks now. Okay, <laughs> so. I have so much in common with Melissa. Like, we really should be friends. She should know that about me. But, Shout like... Shout out to you, Melissa. She, she might be listening to this, so hey, girl. <laughs> we absolutely should be friends. Both her dads were in the military. Both her dads were... Uh, enjoyed the drink. <laughs> Both her dads are very funny. And, and her mother's Filipino. And the thing about it is that when your dad's in the Navy, um, or, or parents in the Navy, you're around a lot of Filipinos all the time because, um, because culturally, most... Uh, Filipinos in the world do not live in the Philippines. They they're on cruise ships, they're in the navy, things like that. And so, mm-hmm. like the food that she's serving, I grew up with that food. My dad makes that food sometimes. Like, um, like the stuff she talks about with her family is so like relatable. And so, I was really happy. I I knew I was gonna watch this because Melissa was on it, and I wanted to see the Beck girls, and I don't get to see them usually. And so <laughs> I knew that. I also really cared about what happened with Danny. I a little bit wanted to see if Tokyo had grown up a bit. Yeah. I wanted to see what, like, th- those are the people that I really were caring about. Right. And I'm just like, and they're all over 40 and it's fine. Like, I don't need them in a club all night long. I don't need that, you know? Like, oh. this, like, telling me how this changed your life and what's now and how things are different is what I wanted to see. It's the best thing I'm watching on TV right now. Every Wednesday at six o'clock in the morning, my kids are off to school and I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out. Cause I'm about to watch homecoming. So like, I, I'm so happy this show came back and I want them to do this with other seasons. They're, they're trying. Um, yeah. What would be your pick? Miami, obviously. OG Miami with like Dan and, yeah. Miami. Um, I also want to see Seattle. Like, Steven slapped Irene because she kept saying he was gay. And then he, like, showed up with his boyfriend. Like, <laughs> the reunion. Like, I want to talk about that slap. And I want to talk about how, like, Irene was incredibly fucking annoying. But, like, also, we're still not allowed to hit people. <laughs> like, Right. I want to talk about that stuff. You know? Um, yeah, you I probably want to see Vegas, right? And, and confront Steven. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I would like to see Hawaii with like Ruthie. I wonder where Ruthie is these days. Yeah, I hope she's doing well. I really do. I think, uh, she, I think she stopped drinking. I really think the last that we heard, yeah. like she like saw herself on TV and was like, "Oh hell," because it was the first night, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yep. And they thought she was going to die. Like, she's... <sighs> wow. That's wild, wild stuff. And with uh, Maya. Oh, my God. Love it. Love it. Oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Um, yeah. So, you guys, the rest of the episode is going to be a recap of Kardashians on Hulu. But before we end with Princess, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, How come I can't recap the Kardashians with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I already did. <laughs> oh, also because I didn't watch it. So yeah, it's <laughs> part of a deal. <laughs> um, everyone can find me. Listen, listen. Why do you want to find me? Okay, look at your heart first, right? Are you gonna be like, oh, princess, I love animals, and I'm not a weirdo? Sure, sure, sure. Or how about that time I came on here and said I don't know a baby worth fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
maybe you keep that to yourself, right? Don't come, don't find me for that type of stuff because I'm not gonna change my mind. But <laughs> if you want to find me to like talk more about fun stuff, then that's cool. And you can find me at Okay Then Princess on Instagram and Twitter. I'm the queen of the curve though. So like if you at me and I don't give a fuck about you, I will just keep on scrolling. So I'm just letting you know. And then <laughs> you can find me on my podcast. It's called Buy Pumpkin. And it's just like I go to I go through vintage reality TV of yesteryear, and I try. What I really want to do is I want to make sure that how I feel now, like how am I seeing this differently? And you know, it's a lot of fucking fun. Uh, you can find it everywhere you get a podcast. We come out on new ones on Sundays, and yeah, I just did an episode, a sponsored episode on This Is Us, where I have some very unpopular opinions about Jack Pearson. And that came out. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm going to get some fucking hate mail on that. And, you know, <laughs> other than that, you can just find me bopping around the fucking internet, laughing at whatever Kara's doing, liking all her content, Girl. you know, just, <laughs> you know, living life. <laughs> well, thank you again, Princess. You have a great day. You too, Kara. <laughs> Bye, girl. Stalked me long enough. I'll finally answer you. So this is how it went down with Pete. I did SNL, and then when we kissed in scene, it was just a vibe. And I was like, oh shit, maybe I, maybe I just need to try something different. But Pete does not come to my after party. Everyone was at my after party. He does not give me the time of day. So a few days later, I called the producer at SNL and I was like, hey, do you have Pete's number? And they were like, yeah. And I text him. I wasn't even thinking like, oh my God, I'm gonna be in a relationship with him. I was just thinking like, heard about this BDE, need to get out there. Like I need to just like jumpstart my, I was just basically DTF. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and slip on our Kim Kardashian airplane themed skims and talk about the latest episode over there on Hulu. It begins with Courtney like more activated than I've ever seen her before. It was almost like, have y'all ever seen a video of a turtle who is like going really fast across the street? It was like that. It's just something that we don't see normally out of Courtney. Um, uh, a light in her eye, um, excitement, joy, joy might be the word, but yeah, she's, truly living high off of this poncha cleanse and she's trying to gift yoni steamers to every woman in the family and it's just very strange uh chloe's made it very clear to courtney that she's not about the woo woo stuff she really isn't looking for her vagina to be any more open really looking for more of a tightness if anything um and she basically just says that the cleanse is like the best thing that's ever happened to her in her whole entire life and that they are now planning on trying to have kids the more natural way completely doing away with IVF I think that's great just make sure we don't have to see it and I'm fine Scott at one point goes over to check out Chloe's new house and they're setting this up as like, uh, Chris is going to be doing a filming, a masterclass episode. And so Scott and Chloe are going to be, they're making plans to like go there and be supportive to Chris. Right. The interesting thing is, you know, he's looking around the house cause he's never been and 
It's like, gosh, you're just so close to mom. Not your mom. Mom. Do we think that Scott calls Chris mom? (gasps) And then Chloe said back to him, like, oh, mom. Which, I mean, makes more sense. But, like, does he call her mom? I need to know this. Anyway, um, then they start talking about how Chris is surprisingly good about answering her phone. But then on the other hand, she'll always be like, I can't talk. I'm busy. I'm filming. The interesting thing that I thought, again, one more. We can put another one of Chris's perpetual lies up on the board. She says, or Chloe says, that Chris will answer the phone. And (laughs) she'll be like, oh, I'm filming. But Chloe will be like, but the crew's at my house. Like, just dead-ass lying. This bitch can't help herself. She's devious. She is devious. And I really get a tickle out of it. Later in the episode, Chloe and Kim have a gym session with their personal trainer. And as somebody whose knowledge in the health and uh, fitness space really doesn't go beyond my little uh, Sydney uh, workouts on YouTube, uh their form was ass. Like they're doing lifts, uh, weightlifting. See, I don't even know. <laughs> they're lifting with weights. They're doing um, uh, like push-ups and stuff. Ass, ass at form. I could not believe it. Like I'll do a little weight situation, uh, you know, like weightlifting with my arms. <laughs> See, I really don't know. But I know that like there's a form you don't like if you're doing a tricep lift you don't push your body forward and then pull it back like you're supposed to stand straight and let your arms do the work Chloe baby what are we paying the personal trainer for if they're not teaching you how to do the things right like yeah their bodies look beautiful but I mean really just driving home the point and later or at one point when she's showing um Scott around her house and her uh, pantry. She's like, oh, you know me. Like, I have all the food in here, all the junk food. And, you know, I, just, I, I live to eat. And, you know, this, like, she keeps doing this rhetoric of, like, trying to convince us that she's not got some eating issues. But, like, girl, we've been new. So, okay. You can have all the fig newtons in the world. She also has, like, bad snacks that's how I know she's lying because you're not like oh look at me I'm like uh going off on some fig newtons okay great she also had like Vienna fingers I never even had those what are those you know what I would really love those like uh I haven't had these in a minute those like wafers with the little cream in the middle Mm. Mm. I wonder if she's got those also like really basic with the ketchup brand like not even a Heinz I think it was a catsup and then she had just like jarred uh spaghetti sauce not even the high quality kind girl even I get carbone sauce girl it's usually on sale you can afford it I guess it's true like the rich people really keep their money because if I had the kind of even if I had like a tenth of Chloe's uh net worth I would be like I would be Dean and DeLuca Italy like I would have the best top quality grocery food I was thinking about that Ali Wong joke that she said on like maybe it was her first Netflix special about she just wants to be wealthy enough to be able to buy the pre-cut uh fruit from Whole Foods and I'm like yeah I I really fucked with that anyway back to this fake workout between Kim and Chloe 
Kim actually has this like aha moment, which I was very frustrating to me. So it starts off with, I think Kim asking like, basically bringing up Scott and how annoying it is to have to continuously deal with him. And uh, Chloe brings up the fact that like, Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, these men are spoiled. And Kim's like, oh my God. Do you think that these men, like, we can't get rid of them because we baby them? And Chloe's like, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not because this is like very obviously yeah <laughs> Kim's like no I'm like really having an epiphany right now <laughs> girl girl head on over to my patreon patreon.com slash ebbm podcast I'll, I'll tell you all about yourself girl but I'll, I'll give you one little morsel baby look at the through line of the major relationships in all of your lives you Courtney and Chloe uh all of those men came from small families with uh not you know most of them had a loss either when you met them before you met them or during what what's not clicking for you have have you not made that distinction baby come come on over come on over to the patreon i'll tell you all about yourself at any rate kim now says that she is uh, like moving forward, not going to be implementing that in her life. No more babying, Pete. Just so you know, you're not getting the Kanye treatment. Okay, not not happening. Uh, so then what happens? Oh, okay, then we get to a next scene with Courtney. In walks the blonde. I'm on alert because I'm thinking, oh god, Amy Schumer is she back? Fortunately, we're wrapped in the very expensive and extremely thin and Pilates out arms of one Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, a true meeting of the minds between <laughs> between Gwyneth and, and Courtney. They're going to be collaborating on a candle that actually just dropped. I think it might be sold out. But y'all know, y'all heard about Gwyneth's poosh. Uh, this candle smells like vagina candle. And now they're going to be collaborating on a candle called like, this smells like my pushy or something. I was really going to like go in on Courtney for being a cheater brand. And at one point she mentions like, oh, when I first came out with Poosh, people kept talking about how, oh, she's coming for Gwyneth. And it's like, girl, nobody thought that because you basically were dropping the same articles that Gwyneth was like three years before. 
Nobody thought you were breaking ground with a, oh, guys, I discovered matcha in 2019. Girl, get real. But anyway, the real thing is I want to be roasting both of them because I just have like, ugh, I have the ick when it comes to wellness, especially when it's like these two like girl bosses, wealthy white women with everything at their fingertips just being like, look at us, two women in wellness. And it's like, wellness, I think, is so like, I, the word is just so like misleading kind of because it gives you the distinction that like you're helping yourself and you're improving your body, but it's just aspirational. Like they don't give a shit. Like if these women really gave a shit about like improving people's health and wellness on a global scale, then they wouldn't make it so out of touch and out of reach for 99% of the population. You know what I mean? And so while I personally don't take that shit seriously, I do also recognize that there are people who do, you know, and who think that like, oh, if I get a $75 uh, jade uh, ball to put up my pussy, then like my life is going to be at all like Gwyneth Paltrow. And it's not girl because you still live in a two bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? And like not to knock anybody who like participates in any of that stuff, just like as long as you don't take it too seriously and think that it's going to change your life because it's not, you know, it, it really isn't. Anyway, um, yeah, they're like, you know, oh, great $75 candle uh, claps, claps for you. Okay. Uh, later, Chris and Kim have a conversation and Kim tells Chris that she was driving Mason and North. Uh, they were in the back and she overheard them having a conversation where Mason was telling North that, like, he's kind of okay with Travis now. So we didn't know. I mean, I picked up on this, but, like, when Travis and Courtney had their engagement, we saw Courtney call Penelope, right? And Penelope cried and hung up on her. She also said Mason didn't pick up the phone. Which, I, you know, some people could be like, oh, maybe he just didn't. But it felt, you know, like he purposely didn't pick up the phone. So I had a feeling like he wasn't really fucking with this situation. But apparently he told North, you know, that uh, stepdads aren't like what you see in the movies. They're not like these evil guys. It's actually a good thing. And, you know, maybe, you know, basically like I'm okay with it. And maybe it's going to happen to you one day. So... I, you know, I'm just going to pass along some wisdom. This kid, <laughs> this kid really cracks me up. Between this conversation and Kim brazenly posting his screenshots of a conversation she had with him about how uh, he wants to be more private and not in the public eye, the irony of that, um, this kid really just seems like a very sensitive boy. And it's it's really cute to hear about him. I've really been banking on Mason being an absolute terror this entire time. So, you know, is it a little disappointing? Yeah, but like, I'm happy that he's, if the alternative is it being like a good human being, then I guess I'll take that, you know, he could, he could be dropping us some hints about the family that we don't know, but like, you know, I guess in the interest of like his personal growth and not my need for gossip, then he can be a good kid, I guess. 
So at this point, the producer cuts to the chase with uh, Kim and is like, okay, what's going on with Pete? Why are you being so secret about it? And she's like, you know, I basically just didn't want to, I wanted to make sure. And I didn't want to be gushing on camera about some guy that like, by the time it airs a few months later, what if we broke up? You know, like I would look like in her words, an idiot or a whore. Um, so then very conveniently, Pete happens to call, right? Wow. So, so weird that he also happened to call at the same time. I'm sure it definitely didn't make Kim put on the same outfit later and have this conversation with Pete, but whatever. Um, so she's like, oh, I have my mic on. Um, I'm not going to do this with you right now, babe. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Okay, girl. Um, Chris was also talking in the scene, but honestly, I was just so distracted by the fact that her makeup had the obvious signs of just having made out with Corey Gamble. Like, everything was lacquered and tanned and BB creamed, except for, like, the roof of the nose, the top of the nose, and the mouth area. (laughs) And it really cracked me up because there's these like ancient pictures of Kylie and uh, uh, Jaden Smith when they were dating coming out of a movie theater. And (laughs) like clearly they had been making out because her uh, white foundation had transferred to his uh, not white skin. And it (laughs) just very obvious. I love it. I I, I bet the other thing that cracked me up is like I bet Kim was looking at her like, uh, I know exactly, like, you know, because we know that Kim, Kim scans right through people and she probably doesn't let them know that they don't look good until it's like really obvious, you know? Oh, anyway, Chris tries to tell Kim, like, you know, I just need you to make sure that you, uh, you know, don't talk shit about Kanye in front of the kids. And Kim's like, yeah, I'm not ever going to do that. (laughs) I don't know why she would even tell her that. I think Given Kanye's last outburst, I think it's very clear to us that uh, Kim could be saying way more than she has been. She's been incredibly restrainful, probably more than I would have been. So, you know, thanks, mom. But no, thanks. Anyway, Chloe and Kim, no, Chloe and Scott rather go to Chris's office because, like I said, she's about to film her master class. Chloe notices that Chris has an Emmy on her desk. And she's like, where the hell did you get that from? Turns out Kim bought it for her at an auction. And it's just like a rant. It's a real Emmy, but it's not hers. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Chris says she's just trying to fake it till she makes it, which like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess. You know, another thing like the wellness stuff is these like master classes and like motivational, how I got here, how I made it to be a success in business or life speeches, they never made sense to me because yeah, cool, Chris, that like you started your career at 40 and you were able to like wrangle all your children into stars, but like that's literally not ever going to happen again, probably. (laughs) And so to me, from my perspective, I'm like, why would I listen to her talk about how she made it as though it would be inspiring for me or like something that I could replicate. I I wouldn't be able to do that. So like, cool. But like, why? This is like, I don't understand like Tony Robbins and stuff. Like, I don't get it. 
because like that's never gonna happen you know so why am I spending money to hear you talk about how you were successful but really I'm just making you more successful and me I've now paid two hundred dollars to talk about to listen to you talk about how what a success you are but it doesn't change anything about my life and maybe like you get a cute motivational quote out of it maybe three but like is it life-changing yeah I don't know I also like fully uh watch a video on TikTok that'll be like oh this is meant for you and if you see this and like uh, just know that that fortune's coming your way so like y'all don't listen to me you know we're all just doing what we can Okay, so then we get a rather clunky scene where Chloe is basically teeing up to us, the audience, Kim announcing her relationship with Pete, even though she just did it like 10 minutes ago. But okay. Um, Kim, you've got the floor. Okay, we're all interested, kind of. But uh, she does give us her origin story in an interview where she says... She was filming SNL. They were on the magic carpet doing their Aladdin scene and she was feeling it. She's feeling the vibe and was like, okay, well maybe I'll try something a little different. And you know, I think we all know what that means. But uh, then she says she was like kind of expecting Pete to show up at her after party and he didn't. So she was feeling some type of way about that. And she decided a few days later to call a producer at SNL and be like, Hey, uh, can I have Pete's number? And they're like, uh, yeah. (laughs) So she texted him and she says, you know, I wasn't thinking I would be in a relationship with him. I just heard about his BDE and I just needed to jumpstart my, I was DTF. Okay. (laughs) And then she mentions like, well, uh, Chloe and Courtney mentioned, oh, you know, like, he's funny, blah, blah, blah. That's probably why you like him, right? And she's like, actually, it's like fourth on my list of what I like about him. She, then she really goes off. She's like, he is dead ass the best person I have ever met. And she's talking about how grounded he is and humble and genuine and he's just always thinking about other people and he's so kind and blah 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 and then she talks about how uh when the rumors started swirling and and all that stuff uh Megan Fox texted her or called her was like bitch are you serious like is this for real because he actually was trying to get your number a few months ago and I told him there was a better chance that me and Machine Gun Kelly would be eaten by crocodiles. So I told him, no, I did not give him your number. (laughs) Like, I refused. Then Kim goes on to talk about how they, like, really... Well, first she says that he, you know, she feels like she doesn't have to be perfect around him, like she did around Kanye. She's like, I don't have to, like, put on an outfit and be like wear makeup all the time like I just don't have those worries anymore but then she talks about how she and Pete do have a real uh shared love of skincare and you know what I heard that and I wanted to roll my eyes but I'm like you know what this is actually this is this is the kind of love I would want she says that she had a uh pimple on her nose and she kept complaining about it but she went to sleep 
And when she woke up, she found out that <laughs> she realized that Pete had put like what I'm assuming is like the Mario Badescu drying lotion <laughs> on her nose. So it would, it would dry out. And so her pimple would be saved. I'm like, that's actually pretty sweet. I'm really into skincare these days, guys. Um, but yeah, she then also says that this man is like the best sex of her life and that their grandma would always say that 40 would be the time when you had the best sex. And that's turning out to be true so far. So good for her. Uh, then the end of the episode, I mean, Chris does her masterclass, blah, blah, blah. It was boring. Uh, and then Kim shows us her new plane her plane that she's like, Oh, you know, I wanted it to be an extension of my home. So it's beige. Just, <laughs> just so you know, it's just beige. Um, cashmere, uh, like where you put the, the luggage is lined with cashmere girl, what? Doesn't that seem like incredibly unsustainable? Like Chicago could put, throw a go-gurt up in the sky. And then what are you going to do, girl? What do you do? Sk- Saints going to scramble some, some fruit loops, fruity pebbles. And what now? What now? How are you going to explain that to Rick Owens? Let me know, Kim. Anyway, she's showing uh, Pete on FaceTime uh, we don't see his face, but it, it could be anybody, but allegedly it was Pete. And then as they take off, uh, somebody tells him, oh, Pete got you guys a special delivery. He just wanted to do it. We don't see what it is. They don't say what it is, but I'm just going to assume they were edibles. And you know what? That's a man. That's a real man. Okay. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Be back later. Love you.